great seeing you, Dominic. You know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We're off to a new week. And a number of stories on my mind. First of all, download the 77 WABC app. And coming up at 45 minutes past the hour, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter. We're starting with, if you just fast forward a few hours, it was a week ago that the Highland Park mass shooting occurred. Chargers have not been ruled out for the suspect's father. You could never confuse this guy with the father of the year. He should be criminally charged. You may recall as well that incident where I told you about last week where the three females destroyed a French fry business in lower Manhattan over the fact that they didn't want to pay apparently a dollar seventy five for extra sauce, a dollar seventy five. Well, the business owner is speaking out, and the owner, she is correct. The French fry owner says, I'm quoting here, destructive animals caused twenty five thousand in damages. And the owner is also pointing out that no one stepped stepped in to help the staff as this uh, went on. We should all stand with bodega worker Jose Alba. He should have never have been criminally charged. And now there is chilling new video, which shows not only did he have to fight off the ex-con boyfriend, but also the girlfriend who stabbed Alba. Did anyone, any investigator at the DA's office, look at the video? Did you do background investigative work before charging this 61-year-old man and sending him to Rikers? You clearly see in the video. The girlfriend trying to help her boyfriend pulls out a knife and stabs Mr. Alba a couple of times. Steve Bannon is now apparently willing to appear in front of the House Select Committee investigating last year's Capitol riot after months of refusing to testify, uh, resulting in criminal contempt charges according to a new letter from his lawyer. The letter sent over the weekend, uh, it appears to convey a reversal, and uh, it could prove to be explosive uh, revelations uh, once Bannon testifies, if he does indeed. The former top cop of New York City, 
Bill Bratton, and you knew this was coming, is warning that the city will face a crisis-level shortage of police officers over the next few years. Why? Due to frustrated officers leaving, and you can think defund the police, the movement. We'll let you hear Bratton, who appeared on the Cats Roundtable uh, yesterday. And by the way, when we're talking about defund the police and wokeness and so on, at Gristidi's and D'Agostino's, the supermarkets, they're looking at a 30% spike in shoplifting compared to last year. And so I see all your phone calls already. We're going to go to them in just a second. 1-800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. But I want you to listen to this first about the father in Highland Park. Um, it, it's, it's, it's incredible what, what he did for his son here. And this is uh, Dan Abrams on uh, the ABC Morning Show talking to Robin Roberts, uh, they had this conversation about whether or not charges will be coming. We're going to bring in our chief legal analyst, Dan Abrams. And Dan, we heard in Alex's report from the father of the shooter who is now being investigated because he sponsored his son's application to get a gun when he was under the age of 21, even though his son had previously threatened to take his own life and kill his family. So what type of charges could the father be facing here, Dan? Well, there could be serious charges, no doubt about it, because in the state of Illinois, when a minor applies for a firearm, a parent has to sponsor them, and a parent signs the following, that they, quote, shall be liable for any damages resulting from the minor applicant's use of firearms or firearm ammunition. And that is exactly what happened here. Now, that's a civil standard, but it would certainly apply potentially to the criminal law as well. So an aggressive prosecutor could decide on involuntary manslaughter, for example. But remember, he's saying, his lawyer's saying, he didn't know about this incident that had happened then, and that would certainly be relevant in evaluating possible criminal charges. So, Dan, do you think this tactic will become a new tool for prosecutors in mass shootings moving forward? Absolutely. We've already seen it in the state of Michigan in the case, for example, of school shooter Ethan Crumbly, where the parents there didn't sign a document like this, and they were charged with involuntary manslaughter for simply not doing enough to stop him. And so we'll see what happens, but it just seems to me that it is inevitable that the father will face criminal charges. We'll see. We are now taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222, the start of a new week. Let's begin with Linda on Long Island. Good morning, Linda. What's on your mind? Hi, Dom. I still love you. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I love you as well. Thank you. I know. I know that. <laughs> um, I want to talk about uh, the uh, Mr. Abbott, um, the girlfriend of the bomb, um, that guy, um, should be uh, arrested because she was the instigator of the whole thing. Absolutely. Um, Right? Absolutely. She was the one who stabbed Mr. Abbott, and she was the one who ran to get her criminal boyfriend uh, to take care of him. She was the one who did the whole thing. She started with the, you know, with that snapping, but... And and 
the whole thing was really she was the cause of her boyfriend being killed. So, I mean, I don't understand. I hope they're still going to arrest her for it. Well, the DA uh, right now, Linda, is is boxed yeah. in. But what? But here's what I don't understand. Right, the first yeah. thing you do is look at all the videos. You are letting shoplifters and God knows whoever else just literally walk in and out of court like they're the king of New York, and you're permitting this. And now you have a hardworking man in a bodega where an ex-con uh, walks behind the counter. Pushes him now. The allegation. Let's let's lay the all the whole thing out. The allegation. The right. girlfriend's in the store with I think a EBT card. I think that's what it's called. And she goes to purchase something for the daughter. The charge doesn't go through. According to her, once the charge didn't go through, the worker, Mr. Albert, snatched the item from the daughter. That's the allegation based on the girlfriend. She says, I'm coming back with my boyfriend. Why would you go get your ex-con boyfriend when you know he's an ex-con? And the only way he knows how to deal with conflict resolution is violence. And that's exactly what happens. And he goes behind the counter. And you see Albert trying to, on tape, trying to to uh, defer the situation. And then he tries to get around the suspect. The su- suspect blocks him. Then they get into it. You see Alba reach for the knife and the stabs are made. And then the video that has surfaced tonight, Linda, is a video from another angle in which you see the two men scuffling and you see the girlfriend pull out a knife and stab Mr. Alba several times. Now, mm-hmm. she should have been arrested on the spot. Right. On right. the spot. But Why but, wasn't she? Right. Well, because it's a new day in Manhattan. It, it's a new day with a new district attorney. Linda, I thank you for the call. A new district attorney where what's right is wrong, what's wrong is right, and that's the way it is. Let's go to Larry in Brooklyn. Good morning, Larry. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, this, this woman, Paula, from New Jersey, very interesting lady, she focused my attention on the potato chips. The fact that this woman was paid with food stamps and the sense of entitlement that she had because she had food stamps, had she, had she not received food stamps and simply didn't have any money in her purse, she would have probably very humbly led the child away, which, lead, which leads us to, to, to think – what are we creating with these handouts, these sense of entitlements? They live in the, in the housing projects for free. They don't pay for their food. They get everything for free. We're creating monsters in this society. Well, well, well Larry, I, I hear you, but, but a couple of corrections. Uh, from someone who lived on food stamps for years, myself growing up uh, in the projects of this city, um, without food stamps, my family would not have been able to eat. We would not have been able to make it. And I've said on this program before that one thing you'll never see Dominic Carter eat is a bologna sandwich because a bologna, bologna is the scar of, the, of my upbringing uh, in the projects, on welfare, with no father, on and on and on. Now, I hear you on the entitlement uh, sense. I hear you on that. And I hear you on the frustration. I'm not demonizing people that ref- that receive food stamps. But I hear you when you go into a supermarket and you're pulling two, $300 out of your pocket to pay and someone's pulling out a benefits card. I mean, it, it's kind of a tough pill to uh, to swallow. But, but with the correction I wanted to make is that they don't live. Thank you for the call, Larry. People don't live in the projects for, for free. 
the rents are subsidized, uh, and it's often done with Section 8, um, but, but it's not for free. You have to, uh, you have to pay something uh, based on income, uh, unless you're one of the tenants where your fair market, uh, where your income uh, exceeds the amount, and then if that's the case, then, then you pay a, a fair market rent. Dominic Carter with you here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Mike in St. James. Good morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Hello, Dominic. Uh, uh, slightly modify my question. Who decided to ask for $500,000 bail on that individual in the bodega case? That's a great question, and I I have always said that I'm going to be honest with you folks. I don't know as of right now. I I would have to assume that it was the prosecutor, but I don't like making assumptions. So I will find out, and I will get back to you. But we all know that it was uh, reversed by the judge, and thus he was able to to, uh, be released uh, from from, uh, Rikers. And by the way, Uh, The New York City, I'm just uh, pointing this out, Mike, a group that represents people like Mr. Alba, uh, they're known as the New York City Bodegas of America, and they are pitching a stand-your-ground law after this case, saying that the measure is needed to protect others who work behind the counter. So, Mike, I will find out, and on, on tomorrow's program, I will have the answer for you Thank you for the telephone call. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Robert in New Jersey. Good morning, Robert. What's on your mind? Yes, I just wanted to mention that with all these people sitting back doing nothing, it's Kitty Genovese all over again. People sit back and just watch and don't do anything to help anyone in need. The other thing I wanted to mention was with the charging of the bodega owner, all that is is a brush back to let these people know that when the gun laws are passed, that they're going to charge them if someone pulls out a gun and defends themselves. You know, that that might be a very good point there, Robert. You know, um, I, I can't get into the mind of uh, the district attorney, but, but that is a, a very good point because uh, we are in uncharted territory. And we're going to find out very soon. I mean, the government is telling us different locations where even if you're able to get a permit now, where you cannot bring a weapon. But but we'll, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting. Would you agree with that, Robert? Absolutely. And that's, that's what I think. I think it's just one of those things where it's going to make people think they want people to think twice before they take any action, hmm. which has its merit also. But I well, think charging someone for defending themselves or others is totally wrong. Well, I mean, the old hue and cry used to be there for that reason. They they clearly selected the wrong case if that's what they wanted to illustrate. Thank you for the call, Robert, because Mr. Alba, the video speaks for itself, the 61-year-old man. Number one, when you go across the counter, come to the other side of the counter and you jump up in the man's face, and you push him, and you see Mr. Albert uh, be pushed into sitting down, and you can look at the, you can tell from the look on his face that he does not want any trouble. 
and uh, uh, this ex-con, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I was not there, but based on the video, uh, he didn't back down. Alba tries to get by for a second time to defuse the situation. That did not work, and then that's when the two started tussling. And then when you look at it from the other angle that's being released tonight, and I cannot believe the district attorney charged Mr. Alba with the video I just saw. The the girlfriend should have been led away in handcuffs. You see the girlfriend, and please tell me that the daughter still wasn't there. I, I have to double-check the video. But you see the girlfriend stab Alba while he's tussling with her boyfriend several times. So I don't know if Mr. Alba received medical attention. I don't know if the stab wound was, was serious enough. But if there was anyone that should have been uh, looking at charges, the, 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 sus- the ex-con suspect was dead, unfortunately. Uh, the girlfriend should have been looking at charges. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are now going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to deal with the incident that happened at that Bell Fries in Manhattan. The owner says that the women that took part in this are crazy, destructive animals. But she's not only calling them out, she's calling out the men that stood by watching the circus in the background. I'll be right back. And we are back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic Carter here with you until 1 a.m. We are live. We are local. We are on it. And we are taking your telephone calls, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. So I will deal with Police Commissioner uh, Bratton in just a second in terms of his prediction of, you know, we're losing so many good police officers. I will deal with that in just a second. But first, I want to go to Russell in White Plains. Good morning, Russell. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hey, Dominic. Just wondering why you people can't behave. Why you people can't believe. Okay, so, so Russell. I, I mean journalists, journalists. Oh, I can't oh you mean truth. journalists. Okay, okay, all right. Check out Swiss Doom. 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 Okay, Russell. Thank you. Notice I didn't cut you off. I have a rule of not cutting people people off, no matter how silly or stupid they may be. Thank you uh, for the call here. And let's now go to the situation as it relates to the Lower East Side. The women, and I think it was Jacqueline uh, last week that said, uh, don't refer to them as young ladies. I'm going to leave that alone for right now. I'm going to leave the description alone for right now. But by now, you have all probably seen the video. They were apparently upset because of a charge for $1.75 for a dipping sauce. And these three women went off, went off. The owner is referring to them, a young female owner, by the way, of the establishment, 
And unless you've owned a business before, then you really don't understand uh, the stakes. And I have owned several businesses before. You've got to make a payroll. You've got to make the uh, all the different uh, uh, insurance payments. Every two weeks, a staff is dependent on you. No matter what the income coming coming in may be, you have a payroll going out every two weeks. And so this young lady that owns the uh, Bell Fries is 23 years old. And she says not only were the women crazy, destructive animals, but everyone just stood by and watched. Everyone outside was recording, true, and laughing, true, and cheering on the girls, which is the most disgusting part. It's a two-year-old business. And now the owner's going to have to come up with money for a bouncer and full protective glass around the entire counter so that no one can get through. These are her new realities. $25,000 in damages. The women went uh, ballistic, tearing down the plexiglass, uh, ripping out a cash uh, register, hurling glass bottles and stools and twerking on the... uh, on the stage, well, when it was all said and done, one employee, 33-year-old Maria Baez, needed a staple in her head after being struck by one of the tablet cash registers. And Miss Baez says she has not left her house since the incident. Let's go to David in Queens. Good morning, David. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, how you doing? Good, good. Please go right ahead. Okay, I got my opinion on the Bell Fries. Um, if you see, yeah, I, I saw the news. I saw the news, the, the destruction. Now, okay, I, I'm, I'm Puerto Rican, but if you see me, I'm Duskin because I'm half Puerto Rican and Duskin. Now, why would you argue over source? If you have money to hang out at three, four o'clock in the morning. Okay, so what's the point, David? What 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 are you trying the to tell is, me? The point is, the point is, okay, the point is, they're destroying the place because they charge them for extra sauce, or 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 not extra, but just for sauce. You understand? I got you. So what, what's the point, David? What what are you trying? I understand the, point, the, the allegation, point, the but point was, the point was the point is. If you have money to hang out at two, three, four o'clock in the morning, you should have had just the money to pay for the sauce. Agreed. Agreed. That that's that's common sense. And so clearly what's gonna happen, I've covered enough enough of these cases. The same thing that happened during the uh, checking of IDs um with um during the COVID for New York City restaurants and then the incident occurred on the upper west side, I believe. Um, in which after days and days and days, what sparked all this, the allegation came out of a uh, racial slur. I have a funny feeling that when we hear the version of these young ladies, that that's what they're going to say. I I could be wrong, but I think when you mix uh, drinking at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning and young ladies that want to impress young men, 
and young buff men standing by off to the side, you know, these pretty, pretty guys, and the young girls want to look good for the guys, and they're putting on a show, and they're standing on top of the counter, bending over, twerking, and I mean, I'm by all means, David, I'm not justifying what happened. So do you feel these young ladies are in the wrong, David? Of course. And what should happen? Well, they should be uh, accountable for the uh, for the the uh, you know the stitches of the of the workers. You know they should you know pay the the hospital bills. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I would do because why you know now you're gonna pay you know hospital bills instead of paying a dollar seventy five for for sauce. Right. You know you walk you're walking around the city with high heels. With, you know, with spandex, acting all rich, but you complain for $1.75. <laughs> it, it, you know, I, I don't, I don't mean, thank you for the call, David. I don't, I don't mean to laugh, um, but, but it really, D- David hit this on the head here. Um, you know, if you're out eating fries and, you, and you've been drinking, right? I mean, you know, we've all been there. I remember my college days, you know two o'clock in the morning and I was a DJ and, you know, and so I would get off from work and I might've had, I might've had a few drinks and, you know, you're going to get something to eat. But rule 101 is you make sure you have money to pay for your meal and you cannot let yourself end up in a situation where you're trying to impress someone else. And now you're looking at serious criminal charges and that is the situation. Dominic Carter here with you, Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are taking your calls on a number of topics. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Chris in the Catskills. Good morning, Chris. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. DJing in Portland or Syracuse or Binghamton back in the day? You know, it's it's funny that you asked that, Chris. So I started out... um, DJing at a uh, at a bar in Cortland, New York, called uh, Tootie Tootie Muldoon's, which was on Main Street. And then a couple of the bars hired me. And then I worked at a radio station in Ithaca, New York. And then I worked at a radio station in Syracuse, New York. And so I I was based in uh, Cortland, driving forty minutes to Ithaca in the middle of the night, driving forty minutes to Syracuse in the middle of the night. And every blue moon, I would hang out in Binghamton. Every blue, blue, blue moon. But go ahead, Chris. Yeah, my my great uncle and godfather is a uh, he was a successful alumni from from your school. But uh, funny story, I'll tell you real quick and get to my point. He he met his wife. She was the groundskeeper at SUNY. Her father was the groundskeeper at SUNY Cortland. Sad story. They got married young. She got pregnant with her child. She died from the from the Spanish influenza, and it, it, it he was heartbroken after that. He he went on to get his master's degree from Rutgers. He was a very successful agricultural uh, education publisher for uh, like uh, high school textbooks around the country. Mm. But anyway, my point I want to make about all the shoplifting going on is that this has a broader implication on society, where uh, pharmacies now. I live upstate. Uh, two hours from New York City, a little less. And the closest 24-hour pharmacy for me would be Yorktown Heights, Westchester County, one hour, 45 minutes. And in the other direction, it would be Syracuse, uh, two and a half hours. So these 
pharmacies are tightening the belt and, you know, all areas are suffering because now you can't get late night pharmacy hours. You can't get 24 hour pharmacy hours because they have to still uh, turn a profit. And so they're going to cut the corners and tighten the belt where they have to. And then people that might need an emergency medication. I used to be a full-time caregiver for both of my elderly parents for 12 years. And I know uh, friends of mine who have young children, they come come down with an ear infection over the weekend. They have trouble filling a, a prescription uh, a late night hour on a weekend. And it, all, all these things in society are, are intertwined together. And Chris, what's so sad about this is that how much we're all being inconvenienced uh, because of these professional shoplifters. And at least in Manhattan, the district attorney uh, just lets them walk, right? Based on the law, the district attorney lets them walk. But someone like a Mr. Jose Alba, who's defending himself, that individual's facing murder charges. I mean, it just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. You know, some of these things have their roots uh, traced back to, you know, going back to the 90s. Uh, Woodstock 94 was in my town. And so there was uh, about uh, 300,000 people. And that was a situation where the state police were doing security and they knew that uh, people were going to jump the fences and not pay. So I I paid in advance and so so did a lot of my friends in our town. And then, sure enough, the state police were talking about it. They were correct. It was tens of thousands of people that said, hell, this, we're not going to pay. And so the police didn't bother. They didn't, the Michael Lang, the late Michael Lang didn't have it uh, cordoned off enough like he did at 99 where they could, uh, they could enforce people to buy the tickets. So half the people that were there paid for the tickets and half the people didn't. But uh, the vendors had told me after the concert, that towards the end of Woodstock 94, there was people, uh, attendees at the concert that were jumping over the over the turnstile, over the countertops, and they were stealing food and beverages. This was at Woodstock 94 almost 28 years ago. So the roots in this uh, go back to that. It, it, there's no more etiquette in society. You know, it, I, if I if I go to a business and I, I ask for barbecue sauce instead of ketchup like at Hooters in Albany, it might cost me an extra dollar. If, if I if I don't want it, I say, oh, I don't want to pay for it, or I pay for it. That's, you know, the, right. maybe you complain a little. You don't want to assault somebody and destroy the business. Well, uh, our and, world and, is Chris, going crazy. And I, I thank you for the call, and you're correct. It does seem that the world has uh, gone crazy. These young ladies down at the uh, French fry spot, I mean, they have got to be, I would hope that they are terribly embarrassed uh, at their at, at what at what happened. Let's go to Bruce. Bruce is in Brooklyn. Good morning, Bruce. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, hello. Hi, Dominic. How are you? I'm well, and I hope you're doing well. Yeah, can you hear me now? Loud and clear. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that it's got to the point that New York City is a really lousy place to do business. If you think you're going to open the business here and prosper, it's not the case. Hmm. Well, you know what? I I feel for this uh, 23-year-old young lady that had the courage to open a business in Manhattan and to apparently be doing very well, and then these young ladies come in and they, you know, I I don't know. I wasn't there. It looks like they were drinking. 
I, you know, it's it's just tough. And you're you're correct about the culture, the business culture in New York City, because that's one of the platforms that Eric Adams ran on. That it was too tough to do uh, business in New York City, and so I mean, in this day of uh, wokeness and and everything else, you've got to feel for for business owners. You know, again, this young lady that own, that owns this fry place is twenty twenty three years old, and she's going for it, the American dream. She opens her business. She employs people in the community. She's hiring people. She's doing all the right things. And these three young ladies come in and decide that they're going to show their, and we we saw uh, what happened. And so, Bruce, you wouldn't do business these days in New York. It's, you know, thousands of dollars of damages, thousands. Yes. You know, how can you do business like that? Right. You know, uh, shoplifting, you know, uh, undesirable people outside your front door. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, destruction. Yes. You know, it's just a very I, – I, I can't see how people people could do business here. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for the call, uh, Bruce. Let's go to our friend Audrey in Brooklyn. Good morning, Audrey. What's on your mind? First of all, how was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend was well. How about yours? Uh, great. My niece is here from Oklahoma, so it's good oh. chance to we'll see her. And send our regards to your niece. What's her first name? Belinda. Belinda? Yes. Hi, Belinda. Okay. She's not listening. She's okay. in the room. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, I Go just ahead. found out that the, the gentleman, that, um, that he was charged with murder because um, he defended himself, but I just found out that the guy that attacked him is dead. So yes. he's charged with murder for defending himself. I don't agree with that. He should be out. He should be out. Because had this gentleman not come behind that counter. But what happened to the girlfriend? Well, the girlfriend was the one that said, I'm going to go get my boyfriend. And she right. did. She instigated. Where and, is she? And, well, well, you and I both know the answer to that now. It's called cause the trouble and run and hide. And wow. so that's that's mm-hmm. what's going on now. And she's got a lot to ponder. Because if she didn't involve her boyfriend, he would be alive today. Well, and we, and she wouldn't right. be looking at criminal charges right. for stabbing Mr. Alba. Wow. And the ladies that um, messed up the um, restaurant, they need to go to jail. These young ladies have no respect for themselves, a lot of them. And it's not about color. The respect is just gone. And mm-hmm. that's not chirping. I didn't know what that was. That's you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't know what it was? <laughs> the, 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 way, the way these kids are today, you no, didn't know what it was? that type of uh, I'm not really around young people of that age but um eh, no I, I, no no mm-hmm. I found out they're ill <laughs> <laughs> well sorry to hear that but good to talk to you <laughs> thank you for the call Audrey let's go from Brooklyn to the East Village let's say good morning to Christine good morning Christine you're on good talk morning, radio Dominic. 77 WABC Hi, good morning. Um, listening to your your program with great interest, I live near the Lower East Side, so I feel very bad for that young 23-year-old businesswoman. Mm-hmm. That was horrible. But this kind of thing is going on. People are sticking knives in people. Uh, the other day on 4th of July, there was a huge sign in St. Mark's Churchyard on a big bedsheet of Black Lives Matter. And I thought, uh-oh, are we going to have another demonstration of violence on the 4th of July weekend? 
Uh, anyway, they took the sign down, but I felt very bad about it because during the riots of Black Lives Matter, our bodega, our local bodega, which is run and owned by brown people, hardworking immigrants, we owe them a lot. We love them in this neighborhood because they kept open during Hurricane Sandy and gave everybody credit when there was no electricity, no cell phones, nothing. And when I saw this terrible threat right across the street from them of possibly another riot with looting, they smashed up their whole store. They smashed the glass. They were boarded up for a long time after that, similar to what happened to this young businesswoman. And uh, people just think nothing now about sticking knives in people for nothing. And I think a lot of it is we hear a lot about uh, Mayor Adams, but he really is nothing he can do. It's not Mayor Adams that will not allow the police to do their business. It's Beastie up in Albany. He, Mayor Adams went up there and said, stop this uh, no-bail business so that we can just make the city safe. He said no. Right. Right. So we you, need to point the finger at the right person. And I also would like you to tell me what on earth is twerking. <laughs> it must I, be funny. I, I'm uh I'm not really the the appropriate person to uh to answer that. I really feel with with one of you two like to take an answer or take a guess uh in the control room and answering what twerking is? Nobody knows what it is. Uh, it's okay. I, I've been told by a female employee that it's moving your buttocks with rhythm. That's a good way to describe it. Okay, wiggling your butt, your buttocks. Like, yes, yes. Like dancing. Nasty dancing. Okay, so it's so suggestive undulation of the buns. Yeah, but it, but it's not even a nice suggestion because it it's it's sound a, nice. it, it's a nasty one. It's it's implying something nasty. It's not I like getcha. Yeah, I it's get it's you. like it's like I can't really say on the radio, <laughs> Christine. No, I hear you. Yes, I, okay. I, now I know okay. what, what you're saying. Okay, but okay. I'm horrified that people behave this way uh, and making the life of the city and everybody in the neighborhood, uh, no matter what color they are, is miserable. Nobody right. likes this stuff. Right. Nobody can run a business. No, people you can't. Don't, it's you can't. just awful. And New Yorkers are suffering, whatever color they are. And, they and, are suffering. And, Christine, I, I thank you for that call. What I want people to consider, I'm going right back to your telephone calls, so this uh, this 23-year-old business owner, right? So she shut down for several days because the establishment has been wrecked and ruined, right? So who's going to come up with the money if it's not in her insurance policy? And even if it is, then, then the premiums will go up. Who's going to come up with the money to pay her employees? Who Who's going to handle that? You see, but but these young women that engage, they don't know. They're putting on a show for the guys. Look at me. I'm cute. That's what it's become to become to become come down to, folks. That's the the word that I'm uh, the words I'm looking for. Phil in the Bronx. Good morning, Phil. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, good morning, Dominic. Uh, I believe very straight and simple. I, I come from a very law and order background, and I'll, I'll tell you something. These these women. Were, were psychotic. There's something very wrong with them because if, if the average person that I know 
you tell them something like that, they'd be in shock because they act in a normal, reasonable manner. If you want to pull a stunt in somebody's place and ruin their business, that they should be prosecuted to the maximum. I mean, the throw the book at the maximum extent of the law. But you know, Dominic, you know what the bigger problem is here? The, the, the really gigantic problem is that these pussyfoot New Yorkers here just sit back and say, oh, isn't that terrible? Let me take a video of it. What you got to do is you've got to get two or 3,000 really decent New Yorkers who have respect for the law, have them go down to one Hogan place and stand and stand in front of the DA's office and scream bloody blue black murder. But, I mean, if they can do it, if you can get 500 people to go to the Supreme Court and stand there and scream at them, why can't you get 500 New Yorkers to protest this, this, this radical, insane takeover of the lives of New Yorkers and endangering their businesses and incomes? Well, Phil, you, you, you made a good point there, and I'm with you, but um, I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. I thank you uh, for the call. And the reason why it's not going to change is because this behavior is being tolerated. In fact, it's being encouraged by elected officials by officials that are saying wokeism is the way to go and, you know, you can do whatever you want. Dominic Carter here with you, folks. Coming up, the Chronicles of Dominic Carter, when I come back, and more of your telephone calls, we're going to go to Ilona, uh, Valerina, and Steve when we come back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. These are the Chronicles of Dominic Carter on 77 WABC. Folks, you knew this was coming. Former Police Commissioner Bill Bratton joined the Cats Roundtable yesterday with our owner-operator here at WABC, John Katsimatidis, predicting forecasting that we're going to have a problem in terms of the amount of police officers that we need in this city. Why? Because of wokeism and because of the frustration that law enforcement officers correctly have that the system is not in their favor anymore, or at least to even be fair to them. This is what Bratton said on the Cats Roundtable. Mayor Adams was not able to get an increase in the size of the department with the city council. Didn't try to get an increase because he knew that the progressive wing of that city council, which is 32 of its 51 members, under no circumstance would support more money for more cops. So effectively, the department is uh, going smaller, not getting larger. They're going to offset that with use of overtime. But the overtime becomes another problem because... Officers make so much on overtime this year that a lot of them are going to retire next year because their pension is based on their last couple of years of salary plus overtime. Correct. The last three years, Commissioner. And so if you're an officer that did sky-high overtime this year 
and you look at your average over the last three years, why would you stay on the job when, when if you step down now, your pension will be substantially higher? Steve in Florida, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic, and I'm so happy I can listen to all of you on WABC here in Florida on my Google home. Fantastic. I wanted to, I wanted to say um, Jose Alba is a hero. And Jose Alba, they never talk about the criminal's record. Do you know what Austin Simon did that he served five years for? Do you know? No. Nobody knows because you got to look it up. Nothing gives you anything. I look up all the criminal records. If you go and ask what's the criminal record of Austin Simon, you know what it says? He beat and killed a police officer. Nobody says this. You have not heard this anywhere. He beat up and killed a police officer, served five years. He uh, has a lot of domestic violence. He's been in prison eight times, I don't know, or eight felonies or something he has. I am very upset with the, uh, you know, um, Alba is a hero, and they're trying to make this Austin Simon a hero, and he killed a New York police officer. And, and Steve, you, you're making some good points because at the end of the day, this is no joke. They sent Mr. Alba to Rikers Island. We all know what's at Rikers Island and what could happen to any inmate at Rikers Island. And as far as Mr. Simon, I, I'm sorry that he lost his life, but when you come into an establishment and you come behind the counter I mean, I I don't even, the fact that he came behind the counter and pushed a 61-year-old man, how do you now charge that 61-year-old man with with murder charges? And then the video's been released tonight where now the district attorney's going to go, oops, I didn't see that one, where the girlfriend stabs Mr. Alba. So not only is Mr. Alba, you're right, he is a hero, Steve, and I thank you for the call. Not only is Mr. Alba fighting the younger ex-con boyfriend, right? Not only is he doing that behind the counter where first he tries to defer the situation, that didn't work. So not only is he tussling with a much younger young man, now the girlfriend starts stabbing him. And who leaves in handcuffs? Alba. Who was wearing the ankle bracelet and probably still is? Alba. Valerina in Florida. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hi, Dominic. It's actually Valeria. Valeria, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the correction. Thank you. I just, I adore you and your show. And this is the first time I'm calling. I'm going to make it brief. Thank you for what you do. I've, I've got a theory. The 2020 riots and looting, you know, the reason... BLM said that the blacks are being targeted by the police. And since then, all I see is black on black crime. I've seen it skyrocket. And this negates the entire George Floyd movement of justice. Of course, it it reinforces. Of course, it it does. Right, right. And it reinforces the theory of good people like us to say this George Floyd writing and um, and such was just a ploy. It was not for justice in the way Martin Luther King's movement was for justice, because I remember him as a little girl. It just sets um, the black movement back to George Floyd, the criminal, and not. it doesn't make George Floyd the saint. It sets it back to the way George was most of his life, a career criminal. 
and and what really hit home for me this theory was the 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 murder in Atlanta. Uh, even though the murders in New York are, are tragic and horrible because I used to live in New York, the the lady that worked at the fast food place that got murdered in front of her little child for putting too much mayonnaise on the sandwich, she got wow. shot right in the face, wow. right in front of her little child. Curtis Sliwa has brought this up, and thank God, because there's just so much murders going on, it's hard to keep up with them all. And then there was the traffic cone murder not too long ago in Philly where the black teens beat up a, a lovely older man, an elderly man. You know what? For sport. I, I have to thank you, and I promise you I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. There are so many incidents. I can't keep up with all of them. And the one in Philly caught my attention because the kids thought it was funny. And I want to know who raises someone like that. That's that's what I want to know. You know, we you know, I, I, I can speak to daddy not being home. That's that's my personal situation. My father, I met him, as I've said on this program before, I met my father twice my entire life. I am not stating it as a badge of honor. I am stating it for the fact that it's an illustration that you can overcome anything, anything, including not having a father. But I, you know, and I thank you for the telephone call, and I hope you get a chance to listen tomorrow. Uh, Ilona, we're going to go to her in one second, but first I want to bring in my colleague Frank Morano. Hello, Dominic. It's coming up at one a.m. Have you seen the video out of Philly? I have. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, disturbing. Is the only word that comes to mind. I, you know, if I say anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. If I say some, we have some listeners. Uh, some ninety nine percent of the people are cool and they get it. We have some listeners that if I say anything, why are you talking about a black situation? <laughs> why Why are you not talking about white people? White people doing it. Why are you not talking about the fact that we're the victims? What, what, I'm not a victim. I don't think I'm a victim. I believe in you get up, you go to work, you make a living. Well, I mean, how I, radical is I, that? I believe in you don't work, you don't eat. You don't work, you can't pay your mortgage. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. If you don't go to school, you're not going to get a degree or you're not going to get an education and you're not going to be able to better your life. Anyway, before I get going, because we don't have enough time, what do you have coming Uh, up? We had an action-packed show. Uh, We're going to take a look at the life and times of uh, actor Tony Sirico, who passed away on Friday, uh, probably best known as uh, Paulie on The Sopranos. Were you a Sopranos fan? Yes and no. No, okay, casual, okay. Uh, But he was a guy that led an interesting life, irrespective of your interest in The Sopranos. And a fellow that used to work here about 30 years ago as a studio director and producer, Mike uh, Mike Acciapelli, excuse me, I always want to call him Acciapelli because I know somebody named uh, Acciapelli, Mike Acciapelli, he now does a podcast called Let's Be Heard. He describes his journey from being a progressive Pretty very far out there progressive to someone that now votes strictly Republican. So we're going to talk to him about his time here 30 years ago, and we're going to talk about his uh, journey and his drifting politically. So you have a lot coming up, as always. I certainly hope so. Let's go to uh, Ilona in Westchester. Good morning. You're talking to Frank and Dominic. As usual, your show is so great, both of your shows. Thank you. So two things. I just want to remind you guys if you can bring up the dog that was stolen if you can get some people to start looking for this dog that was stolen from the 75-year-old guy. So that's the first thing. 
The second thing is, is this lady said tonight that Eric's at, Eric Adams can't do anything. First of all, he supports Hochul, okay? And Hochul's giving the DA, you know, all the leverage to do what he wants. So that's number one. Number two, when he's in these photographs with a microphone, he needs to have the police behind him. He also has to start honoring the police, and he has to start, you know, like he didn't even give them a raise. And he, what was it, one police on one side of the train, one police on the other? He's got to hire more people. He, You know what? He's not doing enough. He's not doing hardly anything as far as I'm concerned. He's just a, a mouthpiece. Well, Adams, his hands, I am, this is not a defense of him. His hands are tied from Albany, the police department, in terms of what they can do. But there are more aggressive things, actions that he could take, so you are correct in, in that on that front. I, I would bring back stop, stop, frisk, stop question and frisk. I would have brought it back on day one. On day one, it would have been underway, and that's the way, that would have been the tone. I thank you for the telephone call. That would have been the tone that I would have set. What do you make of the telephone call? Uh, no, I, I completely agree. Look, I, I mean, at some point, you know, when Mayor Adams comes out there, he says so often the right things, uh, not only with respect to this crime, but several other crimes. And um, he is he's a, a present, which is more than you could say for Mayor de Blasio. But at some point, with crime continuing to go up, you got to take some ownership. This is... On his watch, you're in charge of the city for seven months, not just the police department, but all the city agencies. So, I mean, at some point, the buck stops with you. Well, I would think that would happen on day one. And, you know, now that we look back to the last mayor that you see, he's walking around. He's given up as of July 1, his uh, police mm-hmm. detail. De Blasio's walking around the city by himself now. Well, some interesting tidbits about him in his Liz Smith memoir that, uh, yes. that were pretty interesting. Yes, yes. And so... Frank Morano and the other side of Midnight is going to be starting in just a couple of minutes. You want to keep it right there. Frank Morano, the other side of Midnight. I will be back tomorrow. Same time, same station. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.